Hi, welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I'm Amanda Teuscher. And I'm Sarah Whitus. Hey, Sarah, it's been like a week and look at us. I know, we're doing two podcasts in a row, baby. We're it's doing amazing. it. It's amazing. And like the it. nice thing is that we've both watched enough TV to be able to do that. I think that really is says that nice? a lot about, yeah. you know, our it, priorities. Is that nice? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm getting concerned about our tendencies again, but we're here doing a podcast two weeks in a <laughs> row for the first time in who knows how long. Uh, I think since like the spring. At least, yeah. We just got so much content. We got to bring it to you. Yeah, and also like some interesting new TV-related news slash developments. There's some um, fun news this week. Yeah. Um, first off, you alerted me. First thing this morning when I got into my office, um, there was a G-chat waiting for me from one Sarah Widus that said, um, did you see this? I think is what you said. Oh, no, you said, um, Amanda, this is hilarious. And it's a link to the new trailer for The Great British Bake Off, their, their 10th season. Um, it's, and sure enough, it did not disappoint. It is bananas. It is bananas. I So I was actually alerted to it because uh, yesterday's podcast episode of Keep It. Um, and... Uh, oh, do they, are they a fan? Uh, well, Louis Vertel is, but this trailer was... I think it like was his keep it, um, which I do not appreciate. Rude. Honestly, um, he did not like this trailer. I think it was. I think it was Lewis. Anyway, so I was like, I gotta check out this trailer. I mean, it, it is admittedly a very different tone from the show. Yeah, and apparently, so the eat. I was linked to in an Eater article that I sent you, and uh, they yeah. also noted that last year's was like insane but i didn't actually look at last year's so i don't know i guess like maybe maybe that's when they moved over to channel four from like after yeah. before the last season from yeah i also think like just the bonkers trailer is because they don't really need to like advertise it with anything about the actual actual show yeah like people are gonna watch it anyway so the the trailer is much more about british people like the, the the sort of uh, zeitgeist of the show yeah, itself, right. you know, and right. it's like it features like all these like surrealist like I think Eater called it like Alice in Wonderland type stuff, and like it, like there's there's miners eating Cornish pasties in an oven, like they're actually in a literal oven. There are um, there's like a drag like, queen having a drag tea queen and an old lady and in an old a lady. teacup. Right, they're in a teacup, <laughs> like swimming in tea um you know like a tea cake next to them there's like oh there's the astronaut eating there's an astronaut cake. eating a floating piece of cake yeah it's um, really weird it's like and then everyone's people fencing with song. baguettes yeah people fencing with baguettes it's like basically like the whole of britain like coming together to celebrate um the joy yeah, like that doing drugs and off. eating cakes <laughs> it's like it's so good yeah if we if you take one thing away from this episode of boob tube it's please google uh great british bake-off season 10 trailer <laughs> yeah and like the thing is it's not even it's i mean so like good. i said i will be excited no matter what so the trailer is just this like bonkers thing that i find completely unnecessary for right me, but... right like you <laughs> don't like, have to sell us on it's fun great yeah. british bake-off but i love that they're trying so hard to sell you on something it also reminded me in that eater art- article that we don't have all of our uh, 
all of the seasons available to us. Like Netflix calls them collections and there are seven available on Netflix, mm-hmm. but they this is the 10th season they're advertising for. Mm-hmm. Or no, Netflix has six collections and this will be the seventh. So I'm like kind of like, where are the missing three? Do you think that they're the first three? Like they're the like first like way back I when or something? I don't know. I know that the Netflix ones are like out of order. And so, like, one that they gave us, like, they have, like, one that's called, like, The Beginnings. And I think that might be the first season they did, but they didn't release that to us until, like, last year or something. Interesting. Okay. The the point is someone is bogarting seasons of The Great British Bake Off for very, very excited American audiences, and I find it rude, and I wish they would stop doing that. Yeah, honestly? Excuse me. Um... Yeah, that is not cool. Also, I'm kind of jealous that there is like a national TV show that kind of everyone loves in uh, in like in England, and like we definitely don't have that anymore. <laughs> There's like no show that everyone watches in the U.S. I feel like anymore that everyone kind of comes. Yeah, I am actually around. curious though how many people in Britain watch it. Yeah. So it's a good question. I mean, there aren't that many of them. <laughs> the other thing about. British and like other countries TV is that they do not have nearly as much British produced TV as we have American produced TV. So they watch a lot of like American TV, of course, right? So like we have so many different things. I think the only thing that Americans collectively watch like as a society is probably like the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. Although I got to say, if there's one show that should be like the national British television show, it's probably Fleabag. (laughs) There's one show that everyone's going to rally around. It should be Fleabag. Um, It should be Fleabag. Fleabag. Fleabag needs a trailer like that someday. Um, So the Um, other... Yes, I was going to say, speaking of other, like, shows that everyone... Will be watching. Will be watching. Also, American TV shows. Uh, Yeah. Get it? Yeah. Get it? I... I, The thing is, I get it. Say the name of the show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm a big fan of American Crime Story. Um, We learned this week that the new season of... um, FX's American Crime Story uh, is going to be about the Lewinsky-Clinton scandal. And Monica Lewinsky is actually producing the show. Isn't that crazy? I love it. Good for her. Really good for her. I mean, I think it's interesting. Like, so the, you know, the, the there's the season of the Slow Burn podcast last year that explored. That was so good. So good. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. Slow Burn podcast. Um and explored the whole affair in a lot more detail. A lot of things that I did not know and I thought I knew. So this many things I didn't know. It was fasc- pretty well. It's fascinating to listen to, especially if you were someone that was like sort of like a preteen <laughs> during yeah. the scandal and like all of your, you know, ideas about like sex and power and like male privilege were yet to fully form. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I mean, really interesting to like listen to that now. I don't know that there has been, I can't, I mean, I don't think I have seen a, a dramatization, you know, sort of pseudo, you know, documentary ish. No, of, of I feel like if there before. were, we would have heard of it. I think there is one it would be extremely problematic and I don't want to know about it definitely I feel like you I mean apparently this was already well in I think already like well in the works before Monica Lewinsky actually came on as a producer but I honestly don't see how you can really do this faithfully and like in good conscience without her involvement I mean I don't think that I would be yeah I think I would be I think I think you're right 
without yeah. her. You know, like you need that yeah. Yeah. insight. And I'm sure that she's been approached many times, many times, you know, but she's like probably been extremely, I mean, understandably, like extremely selective about, yeah. I mean, she wasn't involved in that slow burn podcast at all. Um, you know, and I wasn't yeah. sure if that was maybe, I don't know if she was asked to be involved or what, but like, you know, you have to, you can't just be like <laughs> involved in any old fucking person who comes up to you and asks you to be a part of their, you know, idea to bring this story to, you know, to television or to, you know, the movies or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, she can't just be doing that all the time. She probably, so I, I'm, I'm really excited about this now. She's incredible. Um, I'm glad she's kind of having like a sort of like renaissance or I don't know if that's fair to call it that. Yeah. um, I think, and not so much like she's having a moment, I guess that that isn't fair because it's more that I think she, like we as a society are like wising up to things and we are now at a point where we have enough distance from the Clinton scandal that we can talk about it and consume it in a pop culture way and do it in a way that we like know ourselves and know more about it um yeah. i mean kind of like so the she whole... is able to like finally get past it so yeah i don't think it's so much that she's having a moment as it is like finally society has caught up to her yeah. and she's able to like live a little bit more like openly yeah i mean we talked about the the john wayne bobbitt lorena bobbitt's uh you know documentary yeah like that exactly ago. yeah it's kind of yeah. the same thing where you know i mean these women went through such horrible treatment by the public and the media and now we're kind of all coming around to yeah oh maybe we wronged you um yeah so i'm pretty excited for this um i think i'm assuming ryan murphy's still involved i don't know that for sure i guess but Mm -hmm. um that would also you know i would be excited about that even though he's not really developing new stuff at at at, uh, fx anymore but you know i guess we'll you know, I'm just going to sit over here for a million years and wait for another season of Feud. I'm still, oh, got it, break. Like, there, yep. you know, there's always those things where you think about it and you're like, I really wanted, like, this certain piece of art to be done. I've, like, I feel this way about, like, like Jane Austen's unfinished novel. And I feel that <laughs> way about, like, the sequel to Man from Uncle that we're never going to get. Because you don't know if you know this about me, Sarah, but I really love that movie. I'd never um, heard. <laughs> and like the the other thing i feel like that sort of same kind of like longing for is like the second season of feud second involving feud. charles and diana i wanted that so bad second season of feud i mean i will take american crime story lewinsky but uh thank you ryan murphy for that but i mean but it's I, not gonna have the level of camp gonna be, that from the other true no, story. No, like, totally you know. not. Nor should it. Even though, if well, it's, yeah, I, ho- I certainly think <laughs> it doesn't. Although, if it's a Ryan Murphy, it's there's there's a level of camp. But I mean, it's not gonna be, you know. And then also, can we talk about the star of um, who's playing Mona Oh yeah, almost as interesting, which is Beanie Feldstein. Beanie Feldman. I'm like so curious how they're Beanie gonna Feld- do the makeup. I think it's be- is it Beanie Feldman or Beanie Feldstein? It's oh, funny. I always say Feldman. It's uh, Feldstein. It's Feldstein. Yeah. Don't want, you know, it's... Uh... Yeah, no, it's the opposite of what I always think it is. <laughs> you just think all Jews are this. It's because I'm anti-Semitic. You're yeah, right. that was anti-Semitic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love Beanie Feldstein. You may remember Beanie Feldstein from um, Lady Bird, uh, playing Lady Bird's best friend, and Booksmart, came out she's so funny earlier oh, this she's year she's so funny in book smart she's great per- wonderful casting 
wonderful casting. I'm, I need to watch that movie again. I'm, I know this is not a movie podcast, but great movie. Love it. Also need to see it again. I'm, I somewhat fear. God, I can't even think of who's going to play Clinton. I can't even think about it. Oh, yeah. Who is going to play Clinton? I don't know. It's not. It, I just as long as it's better not be like Phil Hartman or something. Like, I, I mean, not God, not Phil Hartman. I was thinking, God, no, Phil like, Hartman um, would be I don't great. I think he's going to do it. <laughs> God, I was just picturing Phil Hartman's Bill Clinton in my head. But then I was thinking Alec Baldwin. Like I was, you know, like, I can, oh, God. you know, I can see, even though he's way too old, I think. Like, that honestly, would be but terrible. Yeah, it would be. I can't. I was, uh, no, can't do it. I can't. Can't let my mind go there quite yet. But, um, anyway. Oh, and Sarah Paulson is going to be Linda Tripp. <gasps> yes, which I would die for Sarah Paulson, honestly. Like, this is going to be good. Yeah. And she's just a it's Ryan so Murphy, good. Ryan Murphy regular Sarah Paulson. Um, ugh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. If you have any ideas about who will play uh, Bill Clinton, please add us because I'm. Yeah, let us know, because I'm not seeing it anywhere. I am no. seeing that Ryan Murphy is going to be a producer. Maybe it'll be David Schwimmer again. Bring him back from <laughs> the... Uh, oh my god, that would be so funny. OJ season. Like from Kardashian to Clinton. Dye his hair gray? I mean, I don't know. It's not the... I could see them pick, picking someone that, like... Well, no, they're going to pick someone we've heard. Like, that I we know. They're not going to pick, like, a yeah. guy that happens to look like Clinton. They're going to Although... want some sort of... Although, you know, the stars of the Giovanni season, uh, Versace season, were pretty not, you know, I mean, I didn't really know the actor who played Versace himself. And then um, what's his face as uh, Andrew Cunanan? Uh, I forget who, the guy from Glee. Uh, But, you know, not not exactly marquee star or anything. So could be, you know, and this is really, I don't know. So that's, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I'm, and then of course we have to have a Hillary, you know. Could be Julianne Moore. I don't know. Um, so we can move on, I guess. Very excited about that. Um, we should we should we talk about HBO? <laughs> What's going on at HBO? What isn't going on at HBO? Yeah, that's true. Our main shows this week are uh, our HBO, or at least one of mine is, and then we're going to talk about another one. Um, so. HBO's Euphoria, I was going to talk about. Um, God bless you for watching that, but it's not for me. You know, I think it's, I would not, this is a show, I mean, it's obviously a new show, so you can't really judge it by the first episode, I think, because, you know, the first episode of a new show is always going to be a little bit, a little bit uh, rocky. But I did initially deem Euphoria a a not watching based on the trailer alone, which was yeah. A lot. We need to work on your consistency. I know. <laughs> I was like constantly writing things off, and then like because you know that there are devoted listeners. Yeah, there are devoted listeners that are like listening holding to me. this, and they're like writing things right. off, and then later they find out that you watched it, and they feel like deeply betrayed right. and they don't they won't trust anything we say anymore holding me to these opinions never hold me to an opinion they're not i don't you know i she's care very about malleable so few things you know enough to like <laughs> stick to an opinion um you know i wound up really being engrossed in euphoria and i loved the finale so much that i watched it i watched it again last night the finale aired on sunday 
Um, so the show's over now, but I was really into it. I mean, th- there's not a lot of initial premise that you need to know about Euphoria. I mean, it's basically like, you know, it's being kind of pitched as like the way teens live now, um, which it's not really because the whole show, it's that's not really the premise because the whole show is everything is um, it's it's supposed to be over the top. Clearly, like it's in this is not, you know, teens, I don't think in most communities, like have this much sex, do this many drugs. Although as we learned from sex education last year, you know, I guess maybe the teens yeah. are having more sex than, uh, you know, I thought they were um, that anyone I knew in high school <laughs> was. But, you know, it's supposed to be the whole, you know, the aesthetic of the show is very, it's like very, a lot of colors, very saturated. It's very dreamy and glittery. It's all, it's all supposed to be a lot, but it basically focuses on like some nondescript California suburb. Um, the story is about Rue, who's played by Zendaya, uh, the actress singer, um, and she's a recovering drug addict. She's show opens and she's fresh off of a short stint in rehab heading into her like junior year, I think of high school. Um, and then Jules, who is a transfer student, um, and they starting at school this year, they, they become friends. And, um, then we kind of meet the other characters, uh, in their immediate orbit at high school. Um, and I just really thought it was, it wound up being really good. I mean... There's a lot explored here. It's, I mean, I think it's a really incredible portrayal of what it's like to be on the road of like recovery from drug addiction, but also um, withdrawal and, you know, craving, um, craving drugs, you know, what like emotional, physical, mental abuse look like um, in different relationships. So, it, so you're saying it's just a real like... Uh, upper. So the thing is, like, pardon my language. I don't think it's, it's not, I wouldn't deem this as like, you know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, this is too bleak. I can't take anything bleak right now. I don't think it's bleak. Um, I don't, it is, I think there's a, most of the show is dark. I would say it's certainly a drama. Um, but when it's funny, it's really funny. And there are a lot of lighter moments. The acting is incredible. I didn't, I'd never seen, I mean, I'd like heard about Zendaya, especially kind of, I mean, she's like a Disney Channel actress. And then I guess she was. Yeah, I would not be able to pick her out of a line. I wouldn't have before this. Yeah, she's had like some singles, I think. Um, She's a singer. Um, And then the only other actor I really knew at all from this whole cast sort of was Sydney Sweeney, who um, you probably also know and probably can't. Pick, that name doesn't mean much, I think, at this point. But I think she's I think she's going places. She has a small role in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, the new Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, well, I will never be seeing that, Sarah. I saw it this week and I loved it. I gotta say, no, it. thank you. <laughs> but the acting is great. I mean, Zendaya is incredible. Hunter Schaefer plays Jules, who's the transfer student, um, a trans actor playing a trans character, um, which I thought was super refreshing in that this character is trans, um, but she, her transgender identity is not, it's like a character who happens to be trans. It's part of her storyline, but it's not 
um, by far. Yeah, it's not about that at all. I mean, you know, it's kind of part of her backstory, of course. But um, I thought that was really interesting. Like, just, you know, the show, basically, a lot of the different characters, as we get to know them, each one gets a, like, cold open at the beginning of an episode that kind of dives into their backstory for four or five minutes. And we learn a little bit about them. Um, And, you know, like I was saying, I mean, the show covers a lot of deep topics, you know, how young women perceive themselves and like how they allow themselves to be or like not be defined by the men in their lives is kind of a recurring theme of the show. There's a lot of, there's a lot of heavy topics, but it never feels like an after school special. It's never trying to teach you anything. It's just kind of showing you, um, kind of it's just kind of introducing these characters and their stories through these different lenses um i just loved it the music is incredible uh there's a lot of music by um there's a there's a lot of music by um what's his name there's a a musical artist fuck i'm trying to remember his name but uh i'll think of it um anyway there's a lot of music that's like developed specifically for the show original music including the finale is wild and features this like five minute long basically like a music video um that is i thought one of the like most incredible things i've seen uh on TV this year. I, I'm going to remember this show. I don't think it's, this isn't, to me, this isn't necessarily like capital G, capital T, great television. Um, but I'm, it's already been renewed for a second season on HBO. I'm pretty, the first season leaves a lot of questions open. I, I'm not going to go into, into them, but, um, you know, a lot to be answered in, oh, Labyrinth is the artist I was thinking of. Anyway, um, a lot to be answered in the second season. The finale is transfixing. It's almost worth it just for the eye makeup uh, that its character, <laughs> the characters wear, which is incredible. Um, these teens are too cool for me. But um, I, I don't know. I loved it. I wound up really thinking it had a lot to say. And um, cool. yeah, I didn't see that coming. But that's where we are. Well... Can I talk about a show about teenage girls? Please. Please. <laughs> I watched the second season of Dairy Girls. Yes, which um, people are talking about now. Have you noticed that? Well, yeah, because I've been watching. I've been telling people. <laughs> well, I had never heard of it. I had never heard of it. You know, before you talked about it, um, you talked about the first season a few weeks ago. And now I feel like even obviously when that was released, but now the second season now, people are like into it. Yeah. Well, apparently it is the um, most watched show in Northern Ireland. Interesting. Um, I think either either last year or in history. I don't know. But um, so it's like wildly popular there. And so it's not like it's very clearly made with a Northern Irish audience in mind. There are a lot of like like in jokes kind of that like or like cultural references um i find myself and i think i mentioned this when i talk about the first season a while ago that like i'll like google things to find out like oh well what what massacre are they talking about right um so like basically just to um refresh everyone's memories it takes place in Derry, northern ireland in the 1990s it's about a group of teenage girls and one boy um they go to, like, Our Lady Immaculate, like, a Catholic school. They're all Catholics. Um, and in Derry, which is, like, kind of 
basically like with the epicenter of the the, the troubles mm-hmm. um they um they're all catholic they go to a catholic school and then like one of their um michelle one of the girls her cousin moves to Derry to live with her and her mom um while his while his mom still like lives in england and so he's english so he has an english accent and they decide to just enroll him at the girls school because he would get bullied too much for his english accent at the boys school Hmm. so he becomes like a part of the Derry girls basically like part of this crew and they you know he he's not quite used to the fact that there are like guns everywhere and like sometimes like the bridge is bombed and he has to like you know the the bus has to take a long way to school and all this and they're not really phased by any of this um so it's basically just a show about like a group of teenage girls and one boy just being teenagers um in the 90s um while in the background there's this sort of trauma happening but it's never about that it's just a very honest show about um just about teenage girls and it's hysterical um the lead actress, um, Sarsha Monica Jackson, I just discovered is 25, which just makes me love her more because I'm always like, oh, this teenager that's acting in this is like way over the top, all of her facial expression. She's just doing the most. I love her. And now I find out it's a 25 year old. I'm like, she's doing such a good job. It's so funny. <laughs> um, but the, so the second season pretty much uh, takes place like after the, the first, like right after, because, you know, they're teenagers and it the first episode I loved it so much um they are all volunteering in this like cultural exchange program with a protestant boys school and they um have to like do like trust falls and they have to have a partner and the girls just really want to find like a boy to make out with because they go to an all-girls school and they like you know and they're like oh these proddies these are these proddies are like great they're not as weird about sex as we are and it's like it's really funny um and it involves a scene with um, this this character from the first season that was in this like really good episode of the first season, and it's a hot priest. And you know, this is like the year of hot priests. Love a hot He's... priest. This yeah, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. So here's another one because here's another hot priest. Excellent. So he this one is he's supposed to be you're supposed to kind of like make fun of him, but in this episode he leads a discussion where they're trying to find similarities between. Um, Uh, Catholics and Protestants and these kids are just not being helpful and they do not have any good suggestions. I have a clip of it that we can play. Someone else. A similarity. Yes. Protestants are British and Catholics are Irish. So that's actually a difference. Quite a a big difference. If that's okay, we can write that down. Now, back to similarities. Yes. Uh, Protestants are richer. Okay, so that's another difference. And I'm not sure that's actually... I mean, is that true? I would say so. Mm, Yeah, I suppose that's fair enough. Yes, great. Off you go. Catholics really buzz off statues and we don't so much. I do enjoy a good statue, it has to be said. So again, what we have there is a difference. Oh, Protestants like to march and Catholics like to walk. Okay, can we just... Jenny, could you just... Oh, you've already written it down, have you? Great, thank you, Jenny. I just want to pause and think about what's in here. What about the fact that we all feel and love and hope and... Write this down. We all cry. We all laugh. We all dream. So I just want to think along those lines for a moment. 
Okay. Catholics watch RTE. Protestants love cleaning. Protestants are taller. Catholics have more freckles. Protestants hate ABBA. Okay, thank you. Anyway, it's very, very funny. Um, and Sister Michael, the lead, like, teacher nun is back. Sometimes I feel like the actress, like, she's really funny, but I feel like the director, they use her too much. She has all these asides where she's just like, oh, Christ, help me. And, like, she's just, like, a very grumpy sort of person, and I feel like they overuse her too much, so, it, like, it's not quite as funny as it could be as if she was used a little bit more sparingly, but she does have some, like, really good lines. Hmm. Um, anyway, I think it's really good. Um, it ends with an episode where they um, are visited, Derry is visited by Bill Clinton, which actually happened, and Irish people... In the, like, wait, who's really... playing Bill Clinton on, the, on this show? Just some guy? Oh, well, like, it's not... No, oh, it's not, you don't see him. Okay. He's, like, in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, like, everyone's just kind of everyone's chittering about it. Everyone's just talking about, about the yeah, fact yeah, yeah, yeah. That, okay. that the president has come into Derry, and they're all really excited because Irish people kind of like America because, well, at least Irish nationalists always liked America. Yeah. But, um... So anyway, they're all trying to, like, you know, meet the president and the one guy, like, his, the uncle gets, like, his, his old CB radio and he's gonna, like, tap into the CIA radio to find out where Bill is staying and it's, like, this hilarious episode that involves their boring Uncle Colum going along because he got to meet JFK, like, 40 years before. <laughs> anyway, very good and it ends with, like, just a really sweet note about, like, friendship and it's also just really funny, so... I think the first season was probably a little bit funnier, but um, uh, I recommend if you haven't watched any of it to just start there and it'll be over before you know it because there's only six half hour episodes <laughs> in each season. So God bless you... uh, UK television. <laughs> I know, but it was so disappointing. I didn't realize I was watching the finale until it just stopped auto playing the next episode. <laughs> I was so confused. Yeah, I was you like, had... no, go on to the next. And I was like, wait, that's it? You hadn't like emotionally prepared I end. wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize it was the finale. Yeah. So, anyway, um, and another show that I was not prepared for there not to be another episode after was um, a show you and I both watched the pilot or the the season premiere of, which is the another HBO show called A Black Lady Sketch Show. Yes. Um, which was so funny so i thought good. it was so funny and when the episode ended i was so disappointed that there wasn't a second one like that i couldn't just like binge the whole season yeah it is incredible i mean a black lady sketch show premiered this week on uh hbo uh it's lurking around your hbo go app go find it um please go find please it please go it's find so it funny. um it's incredible i mean pretty i find um horrifyingly this is the first sketch comedy show that is exclusively written, directed by, and starring black women. I mean, is that... It's not surprising. It's not that surprising. It's not that surprising, surprising, I I guess. I mean, you know, like, uh, how many shows have been exclusively written, directed by, and starring white people? Um, It's just... I mean, also just like, and even how many sketch shows have been only by women in general. right. So yeah, it's kind of awesome. Right. No, it's, it's awesome. Um, it's incredible. I mean, uh, the, so the, I mean, it's a sketch show. There's not much you need to know in terms of a premise. Although I do think we're like introduced to a number of, um, uh, sketches in the first episode that will be like recurring probably kind of throughout the series. Um, kind of like revisited, um, 
I I gotta say I loved there's a, there's a slate review that I read and I loved this line just you know the humor of this show will be familiar to anyone whose time is spent steeped in a culture primarily driven by the labor and wit of black women. Um, mm, interesting, yeah. Which I think is such a fucking good point in that like so much of our, you know, the language that we adopt as white people, like especially kind of a lot of, you know, in terms of like slang, in terms of humor is, you know, uh, language or- you know, originated by black women. And it's just... You know, this is a show that um, just celebrates that. And so, I don't know, what were your favorite kind of initial sketches in, in the premiere? Say that again? What were your, like, kind of initial favorite uh, sketches in the premiere? Um, I have to say, I thought that the Hertep lady was, like... That's genius. So funny. Genius. The pre-PhD. <laughs> like, I don't think it's it, it's for me. Right. You know what I mean? Like, In me this, right, thinking right, right. it's so funny, I don't think is for me. But I think that um, that comedian, what's what's her name? She's just, she does it so, the things she's saying are, like, on their face, like, kind of ludicrous and hilarious, but also super catchy. Like, they just, it's fun to listen to her, too. It's, like, music almost. Like, because she has these things, like, she's, like, you know... You know that the black man invented the uh, stoplight, but did you know he also invented the colors red, green, and yellow? Yeah. <laughs> Those kind of things that just, like, they sound so totally. cool when you think about them, and they're really funny. I know. Um, I mean, I think that one helps if you have some knowledge of, like, Hotep, you know, like, but I, it's, it, I, I, honestly, it, it's amazing. I mean, kind of, like, the poking fun of like the yeah just like the over almost like over wokeness of like, you know yeah. like some like black empowerment we're living in the matrix see see truth tellers like myself have got to be fearless we have to be brave enough to stand up and say we are all descended from the asiatic black woman her name was ermaline see i reject geometry it's just the ancient white man's way of trying to shape our world Think about it. A triangle is just the white body upside down. It's top heavy. I'm Dr. Hajasa Olayinka Ali Youngman, pre-PhD, and this is my master class. Although I reject the term master because I will never be enslaved, mentally, physically, nor spiritually, metaphysically, biologically, Specifically, specifically, Michael Ely, Robert Ely, none of the least. Um, and that, uh, and that actress is Robin Thede, who's the creator of the That's show. That's Robin Thede. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, honestly, I didn't know that many of the actresses. I didn't really know. I couldn't have really, except for maybe Ashley Nicole Black. I don't know that I could have. Um, like picked out any of the women, uh, the four, the four central. Not of the four main ones. Yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of guest stars which are really oh great, God. like Laverne Cox, Laverne Cox and Angela Bassett, and like uh, oh my God, Angela Bassett, Nicole Byer, <laughs> Nicole Byer, Angela Bassett, incredible cameo. Um, also, 
uh, Gina Torres, um, who I love. Gina Torres, from, yeah. From Angel. Oh, my God. That was probably my favorite sketch was that one, the uh, the undercover agent. Um, <laughs> Ashley Nicole Black is like a undercover super agent whose like secret power is just that her face is so forgettable. <laughs> and they like She's like invisible, basically. Yeah. Um, although I got to say my single favorite line from the premiere was uh, there's like a kind of maybe one of the overall weaker sketches to me although there were individual lines but it's like um two lesbians who in a club and then one notices that there's another lesbian who's like stealing all of her dance I moves. love that one just because it was actually <laughs> genuinely scary at times. yeah it was a little bit creepy and then the, the one lesbian who's having her dance moves um, stolen has a line that, uh, is basically the, um, she was broken up with in the comments of a Venmo transaction, <laughs> which is, <laughs> makes me crack I forgot about that. Yeah, that's so funny. Every time I think about it. Um, <laughs> incredible. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, and then the other, so Robin Thede, uh, created the show. She was the first black woman to head a mm-hmm. writer's room on a nightly TV show, uh, which was the nightly show with Larry Wilmore, which is no longer on, unfortunately, unfortunately. but, uh, did open her up for this. And then the whole show is co-executive produced by Issa Rae. Um, and so we've got Robin Thede on the show, Ashley Nicole Black, who you may remember when she went. Uh, <gasps> is she the one that got? Oh yes, my God. from when she went viral on Twitter a few months ago. Also, her, I think she changed it, but her Twitter bio used to be not Nicole Byer, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Oh, that's really um, funny. But like, uh, which you know that they were getting confused all the time just because oh, they're two I'm black sure. women comedians. <laughs> um, but uh, she went viral a couple months ago because she, uh, at, like, kind of, hypothetically, you know, tweeted um, asking uh, uh, if Elizabeth Warren had a plan for her love life. And then Elizabeth Warren responded. Um, and I think she actually wound up getting to Didn't meet Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren. Warren. Call her yeah, I think they actually did talk. I think she got to meet her. Yeah. So that was wonderful. Um, and then the other actresses are Quinta Brunson and Gabrielle Dennis. Um, They're all so... F- oh, you know what? The other hilarious. one I really loved was the... The, the Motown, like the, yes. the singing group. Oh my God. The, the ice cream. That was getting like increasingly explicit. It was so stupid, <laughs> but like the one, the sh- the shorter woman, who's that? Which one is she? I think that's Quinta Brunson. Quinta, like yeah. at the end is like, she, she sells that skit. It's amazing. She's so funny in that where she's just like, okay, well. Like, <laughs> it's so <laughs> good. Happening. I mean, even the weaker sketches, they are so good that it's like, you know, I found it to be kind of like, um, I think you should leave in that way, uh, which was on Netflix earlier this summer, which yeah, we talked this about. This is not as weird as I think you could leave, and I would argue it's not it's as a lot weird. Funnier. Yeah, it's definitely not as weird, but I think to me, the even the weaker sketches, the actors are so funny that like yeah. they go a long way towards like really selling it. But They're I so definitely think a black lady sketch shows overall more consistent. The one I'm looking forward to seeing more from the most is the sketch where it's like, it's just like kind of the four of them as regular people, um, regular women hanging out in an apartment, just like kind of like talking about different shit. And uh, then we find out um, that it's like an hour after, <laughs> after the, apocalypse. the apocalypse and they're like the only people left on earth. Um, so and they've just and been just, like, like doing drinking games. Yeah, there's like drinking <laughs> wine. Um, so it's I mean, again, I, it, there's a lot of jokes that I think like probably will go over our heads, honestly, you know, like yeah. as as white women. And that's good. <laughs> um, 
you know, just I, I yeah. this show is is awesome. I am very excited. I don't remember, I don't know exactly how many episodes uh, are in the season, but um, yeah, started this week and pretty pretty excited about that one. So please, please want please this show to do well. It. Yeah, and, and that please is like an antidote to whatever is wrong with your day, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it will cheer you up. Yeah. Um. Oh, and speaking of like other shows that like we want to be able to watch more of. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um. You watched Detroiters this week. Yeah, I watched Detroiters this week because my friend Emily uh, was visiting and she was aghast that I had never had not seen Detroiters, but that, you know, we had watched I Think You Should Leave. Um, And Detroiters was the it's so funny previous show. Yeah. From from Tim Robinson Um, and his creative comedy partner, Sam Richardson, uh, who also start on veep um also uh excuse me start in the baby of the year sketch yeah i was gonna say you may know him as the mc from baby <laughs> from of the year baby of the but you would also know him as richard splett from veep as richard splett iconic who is my favorite character in veep maybe one of my favorite uh television show characters of all time honestly richard he's splett. so wonderful but uh, like i honestly i can't i don't think you can name a more likable like actor or comedian than sam richardson honestly if he's just i don't know what it is he's just relentlessly like horrifically likable (laughs) he's so likable it's like i can't i don't know what it is about him either it's like i think it's a combination of like like one how funny he is and then like two maybe there's something about the way he looks right like he just looks like someone you want to hug and, and then, then he's best used. And then I think voice. his voice is totally his voice is a part of it. You know, he's this just like very sweet voice. And I think, you know, when he's he's so effective when in contrast with someone more abrasive. So like obviously him and literally anyone on Veep. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. on Detroiters, him and Tim Robinson, Tim Robinson kind of has this like abrasive kind of screechy <laughs> nature about him. Um, and, and contrasted with Sam Richardson, it's, it's so funny. I mean, Detroiters doesn't have a whole bunch of a you know, premise either. Um, basically just these two guys, mm-hmm. Tim Robinson inherits his dad's ad agency um and uh and then runs it uh with with sam richardson uh and and just this is basically just the people that, that they encounter uh in their jobs as terrible advertising men um my favorite one of my favorite things about detroiters definitely is the elderly woman who is their uh secretary and oh he calls him big hank yeah or whatever his dad's like, name he's their father yeah and still, like, trying to like have an affair with the boss she's just like presumably she did she's just like playing the role of like the sexy young you know uh, you know 60s secretary except she's like 80 <laughs> which is such so, a stupid joke but it's hilarious but it's also like i don't if there's something about that that is sort of in keeping with the um like the fact that it takes place in Detroit, for instance, and like the way uh, people from like the Rust Belt sort of make fun of their towns, like this sort of like sense that it's Mm -hmm. and like, I'm sure this will sound like I'm reading into it way too much to some people, but I feel like people like from like places like Detroit or like Cleveland would kind of know what I mean, where it's like you kind of like make fun of it and you have this sort of like, 
it's very similar. I'll say this. It's very similar to like how Flight of the Concords portrayed them, their being from New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's I mean, sort of like we're taking the piss out of ourselves a little, but like it's not it's not because we're like simple or stupid. Right. It's just because this is like and I and it's the sense of like, you know, past glory. Yeah, totally. Which and is I mean, such a thing that like permeates cities like Detroit, like where it's like this used to be the second or third biggest city in the country and now like it's just been decimated. Yeah. And it was and like this they have the secretary who once was this like sexy thing in this like like big time like advertising agency in this big city and now she's like working for the sun and she's like older and not as sexy yeah yeah totally i mean i think a show like the and you know tim robinson and uh sam richardson are actually both from detroit um and the whole show is filmed in detroit with Detroit crew and most pretty much, I think all of the supporting actors, unless they're like a, you know, slightly bigger name guest star, um, they're all Detroit actors. Um, and I think it, it's kind of interesting. People seem to find, I feel like people from Philly feel like they identify a lot with like, um, it's always sunny, but I find that kind of funny because I think that there's like, I don't think it's quite as like, no. And there's like one person who I think is from the Philly area, but that's a show that wasn't even supposed to be set in Philly. They wound up kind of doing it because there was already, Oh, is that right? Yeah. It was actually supposed to be set in LA, but then when they were going to actually make it, they kind of felt like it was um, kind of played out to do LA. So they wound up making it Philly, but you know, none of it's like film there or anything like that. But I feel like people like sort of (laughs) maybe slightly falsely over identify, you know, although it's hard to, to not nail like a you know like it's like just just the sort of abrasiveness of Philadelphia you know (laughs) but I feel like this show is is it's you can really feel its love for Detroit which is part of oh for sure you can tell they're from there yeah yeah and it's just I think that's part of his sweetness honestly the finale so I only watched the first season um I want to watch the second season but this show is very hard to watch which is well, so this is my biggest problem because I've only ever seen like bits and like like a few episodes here and there. Yeah. Like I've seen the the, the pilot, yeah. Like and I can't remember the other episodes, but um. And I this is a show that like seems so geared to me because it's like yes. it's not mean comedy. No, it's, like not at all. It's very funny. The characters are really likable. It takes place in a city that I think is underrepresented yeah. in like television and. Um, I like wanted to watch this so bad, but Comedy Central makes it impossible to watch their show. I know it's really hard. Their shows are not like most of their shows are not if you on don't have Hulu. Cable. Yeah, if you don't have Hulu, most I mean if you don't have cable, yeah, most of their shows are not. Even the thing is, even if you do have and even if cable, yes. because I was using a Comcast login to watch the show, and you um, you can't actually stream it. You, most of their shows, you can log into the Comedy Central app with your cable provider and watch. They actually don't do this for Comcast. But not for Comcast. Yeah, yeah which they don't I find that. So you can't weird. They just don't have like a, they haven't worked out like whatever agreement. A deal, I guess. So so you but can, it's so stupid. You can, but then you can't even like watch it. Like they don't. It's not even like okay. So fine. They don't have a way for you to like stream it as it's on or right. But like they don't even then put the seasons up on Hulu after a time. Yeah, and know? I don't really understand that because some Comedy Central, I mean, I guess it depends on the production cup, their, like, deal with the production company that makes the show, like, because Broad well, City... Well, I think it's definitely then the fault of Comedy Central for not nailing that down. Yeah. like, you can watch Broad City. Yeah, you can watch you Broad can't. City. You can watch some other Comedy Central shows, but not many of them, honestly. And 
it's uh i don't know i just feel like yeah you gotta like it just does a real if disservice you want, if you want people under the age of 50 to watch your shows you're gonna have to make them more accessible sorry um i will yeah. say you can what i did was i downloaded the comedy central app um which you can do on mobile devices and then you get a 24-hour free trial um you can also watch you have a 24-hour free trial on like your on your desk, like on your browser. Oh, okay. I thought it was only on mobile devices. Okay. Or so at you least can... I use that at some point. Yeah. Okay. So that's I cool. I think to watch like Broad City. But you but need to commit. Right. You need to commit. Look, I mean, there's only, I would think there's like eight half hour episodes of Detroiters. So you kind of need to commit um, some time to, uh, <laughs> you know, like have a day where like, I'm just going to watch all of them, which I did this weekend. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, you can do that. I will, okay, if you do, I was going to say, maybe my favorite episode, though, of the first season is, there isn't actually an episode towards the end of the season where um, Big Hank, who is Tim Robinson's character's father, um, who oh, is... Isn't he in, like, a... Yeah, who's um, supposed to be... Yeah, who's supposed to have gone insane, um, and that's why... Uh, and that's why Tim Robinson's character inherited the, the ad agency. So he actually comes back in an episode, and they... He sort of temporarily resumes his glory you know position uh as the head of the ad agency and just kind of slips right back into it and just shows them up you know as as ad guys but it's uh, i was almost this episode is honestly so sweet as well that i was like i haven't seen it it's i was almost kind of crying at the end it's it was unexpected um so highly recommend detroiters if you have a way to watch it if you have a co- cable provider who isn't comcast it's gonna be a lot easier oh. you're a lucky bastard yeah. and take advantage yeah um so looking ahead looking ahead watching and not watching um i do i'm caught up on pose i want to talk about pose uh I probably the next time we talk we have, there's like two more episodes i think in the season so i kind of just wanted to wait until the end of the season to talk about it but i'm loving the new season of pose um other things mind hunter a show we discussed at oh. length last year god i'm not gonna watch that i think i'm gonna at least check out the premiere i haven't i don't know that it's a great sign that i haven't like heard anything about it but i also uh you know a lot of these netflix shows don't a lot of shows i've been finding don't get a lot of buzz until they've like hit their a couple of episodes in but it was a show that people were really talking about last year so yeah yeah and we watched it and we talked about it but like yeah yeah. um yeah It's, it's a lot of white men doing their investigating um of serial killers uh yeah, do I need that in my life right now? Not so sure. Not so sure. Yeah, there was it was a lot of men in that show. It's very, I'm not sure I need that. Yeah, it's you know we don't necessarily um, need more men, but I'm sort of curious. Maybe so that's a maybe watching for me. Um, something I think I'm gonna watch is there's the new there's a new season of She-Ra that animated oh, show that yeah, I like. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, I nice. didn't know that until recently either. I'm glad so that got I'll another season. That. Um, I'm still, I haven't quite given up on that German show Dark, yeah. but I tried to watch an episode. I got like halfway through and here's the thing. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> it's been a while mm-hmm. and that show was so confusing. Like it was so confusing. And I watched the recap of the last season that before like the first episode of the second season 
I watched it twice to try to like remember and understand what's going on. And Sarah, I could not, I like have no idea. I can't, I know that it's complicated because there's all these different, the whole point is that people are going back in time and then you find out that this one person that went missing in the seventies or went missing in the nineties is because he went back in time and he's actually the father of so-and-so. Are there any like, never like left? Are there any like New York times, like, you know, they'll sometimes do those, like, in case you have no idea what happened on the last season. Poss- I need, that's what I'm going to need yeah. to do, because, like, halfway through the episode, I was like, I don't even remember these characters. They're all, one, they're all German, so right. they all look alike, right. you know? So, like, I don't know. Um, and then they all have these names, like, Jonas and, and like, like, Mikkel. Yeah. Mikkel, like, all these, I'm just like, these, these all just, it's so hard. And, like, just to give you an idea, I found this, there's this one monologue that they included in the recap that I had remembered from like toward the end of the first season. And this kind of sums up how confusing this is. This kid is like, he's been trying to find his like brother or somebody. I can't even remember if he has a brother. He's trying to find someone and he's kind of losing his cool and like shouting at his grandma about how terrible everything is. And this is what he says. He goes, now I have another grandma and she's the principal of my school. Her husband, who's fucking my mom, is looking for his son, who is my father. A few days ago, I kissed my aunt. And the crazy thing is there's nothing wrong with any of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm dealing with. And I can't remember anything. So I am i haven't given up, but I might not end up like, uh, you know, making it happen. I feel like if Babylon Berlin ever comes back, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> no, that'll be so much easier. You think? Like, we'll they definitely look, need a recap. They all but look like different this, enough, at the least. The recap was impossible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of disappointing. I'm sorry about that. You were sort of looking forward to that one. I kind of, I kind of was. I mean, yeah. and I was like, and in my head, I was like, I could just rewatch the first season, but I'm not going to do No, that. who has the time? Who has... No, there's too much else. There's too much else. So, I mean, in terms of not watching... Um, yeah. You Let's know, hear it, Sarah. There's a show coming back this week that you may remember uh, by the name of Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, I wasn't sure what you were going to say. <laughs> okay. I was also going to maybe talk about Glow, but we have very different opinions on Glow. Well, I don't know if they're that different. Yeah. And I... And I read Glow Sophie also Gilbert's coming back. review uh, of the new season yeah. of, of Glow in The Atlantic, and she did not have very good things to say, like, in terms of its writing or, like, the plot. Like, it's just not very interesting yeah. um, or as exciting as it could be, considering they're going to Vegas. And I had some mm. problems with the second season. My biggest problem still is that I remained sexually attracted to Mark Maron, and <laughs> I was still, really resentful of that That's still the most, the most disturbing part of the show, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the heck? Um... So anyway, but I'll probably watch it, though I like I do have a feeling it's possible like I could just like halfway through be like, this isn't good enough. Yeah, I will probably start it. Yeah, I mean, and I I had I just could never get into it. I nothing again. I have nothing against Glow um, and uh, features a lot of actors that I like. Um, But it just kind of wasn't wasn't for me. So that remains that remains on the not watching list for me. But um, I'll be curious to hear if you check it out and what your at all and, and, and what your thoughts on that, you know, if you do if you do decide yeah. to delve in. Um my other not watching is a show that honestly a lot of people I know are pretty excited about, but it's the Beverly Hills semi reboot. Um so weird. BH nine oh two one oh. I'm definitely yeah called they're calling it BH nine oh two one oh, aren't they? Like it, they're not They are. Well because it's not a it's not a true reboot i mean the idea here is that it's basically about 
you know, versions of the cast, you know, it's about like fictionalized versions of the cast members who are themselves getting back together for a 90210 reboot. Oh. Yeah. So it's got a, it's got that twist, which I honestly think I see. is very smart. Um, that is really funny, smart. actually. Yeah. It's, now, that changes how much I was about to be like. No. no, because we've already done at least one reboot. Like ten years ago, they they did oh, really? yeah they did not do well. I never so I never watched the show as like a kid or a teenager. I didn't watch it. I never watched it in real time on Fox, but it used to be um, on FX when FX just served as a basically dumping ground for Fox twentieth uh, century Fox produced uh, syndicated shows. Um, I would watch it on FX sometimes in in syndication oh. when I was a kid, um, but I never. I also never, I just wasn't a 90210 person. Never got into it. I was, yeah, you know, I was yeah. more of a Buffy person was my, was my teen soap. It's probably for the best. Yeah. So that's, I, I honestly, I appreciate this, uh, this, where this is coming from, this revival is coming from. Um, also, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm honoring the legacy of, uh, Luke Perry by, like I said, I saw Aww. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this week. He has a very good cameo in that movie. Um, Still not going to watch <laughs> it's that. It's not enough for you. <laughs> never. I'm never watching, like, not enough never for watching you. a Quentin Tarantino movie again. That's fair. That's fair. I've wasted too many of my hours watching them and, like, it's... St- probably still less than 10, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hate them be so that much. Many. There's only so many hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to pass on BH90210, but I, I respect the journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that seems like a good not watching. I'm definitely not going to watch it because I never watched the show, so I don't think I'd get a whole lot out of it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so either. Most people I know who are, are pretty excited about it were like diehards back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Um, I and, think you need to have that emotional connection. Yeah, and while I appreciate the, you know, like the, the, uh, the peach pit um, and the fashion, it's just not, not my thing. Um, yeah. All right. Well, so that's probably it for us. Uh, I think that is for this week. Thanks for joining us on this uh, spiral through <laughs> what we're watching on television once again. We will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Good night. <laughs>